Welcome to Norm, a Cheers podcast. We're co-hosting a weekly discussion of the television show Cheers, which aired on NBC from 1982 to 1993. We're your hosts, Andy Blaker and Marlene Stimmy. How's it going, Marlene? Hey, it's going well, Andy. How are you? I'm doing quite well. Thank you. Today we are on episode seven of season seven, How to Win Friends and Electrocute People. This episode aired on December 15th, 1988, written by Fief Sutton and directed by James Burroughs. And the title of this episode, obviously a callback to the literary classic, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Is that Mm. the title of that? Yep. See, there's also a film, Dale Carnegie, there's also a film called How to Lose Friends and Alienate People, which um, I I, I like that title better. But (laughs) anyway, (laughs) so it calls back to a couple different things. Yeah, that's cool. So the episode synopsis is Cliff is readying to undergo an appendectomy and is disappointed when no one from the bar bar visits him except Frazier, whose suggestion made in jest that he undergo electroshock therapy convinces Cliff to try drastic measures to endear himself to the bar. Meanwhile, Sam teaches Lilith to drive to rather unpredictable results and a misplaced photo in the newspaper has corporate thinking Rebecca has passed away. (laughs) <laughs> tried to cover it. There's that a lot great. going on in this yeah, episode. Yeah, there, so. there are a number of stories here. Yeah, there's almost four plots, but we'll get into that. We'll okay. get into that. All right, so let's start out with our opening. So Woody is cleaning the bar. Everyone has gone home for the evening. And he's watching TV, and an advertisement for a chat party line comes on, targeting those who feel lonely in the big city, kind of going on and on in a rather seductive voice. Uh, Join in on the fun talk, wild people, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, Woody is uh, dials in to the party line and starts to introduce himself as Woody from Indiana. And we're surprised to hear him say, hi, Mr. Clavin. Apparently Cliff Clavin is on that party line for wild, wild people as well. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about this opener. What are your thoughts? Well, that's the two things that you mentioned are the two things that I remembered about the, if you're feeling lonely in the big city and then like the (laughs) the wild people that call the party line. And I like that. It harkens back to the, I think not, it wasn't this, you know, in the past season or so, but not too long ago when Woody was listening to, I think it was late, late at night as well, and he was listening to an advertisement to become a court stenographer, I uh-huh. think, and keep the, you know, the radio, they keep, I think it was the radio, and he keeps repeating the line, and Woody starts to write it down at the end, and then forgets, and then goes back to sweeping, so I, that was reminiscent, um, yes. so I liked that connection. I just thought it was fun, I thought that it was... Sort of surprising and not surprising that Cliff was on the other line, and that you know Woody seems happy to talk to him, even though he called to talk to the fun wild people. It's almost like, oh, there's my friend Mr. Clavin on the party line. Exactly. So, yeah, he I seemed like rather, he seemed rather pleased with that. Yeah, I really like this. It's it's very short, but it's very to the point, and mm-hmm. I think it ties in with Cliff's overarching story in the oh, episode. Yes. Actually, that is so. a great point as well. Yeah. All right, so now we are into the episode proper. Rebecca is participating in a photo shoot. Uh, She tells Sam that it is an article on women who run pubs, and the photographer is getting ready to take her picture, but she is very uh, unhappy about this. She gets very tense when having her picture taken, and so as a result, most of her pictures don't look too well. Sam suggests that she uh, wet her lips and Mm -hmm. then... um, and then, you know, 
jokingly says something like, you know, what wet my lips or whatever. And But as she's doing this, the photographer actually takes her pick and her, uh, her tongue is sticking out. So we obviously need to... Uh, need to redo that picture but sam asked for three copies of that photo <laughs> yeah he's just his usual caddish self here yeah. but for some reason it i don't know i just think it's he's just egging her on and i kind of enjoy that i do too it was in this playful movie. all of it it was playful exactly i was gonna so add to the part when um sorry to interrupt you carla asked for an eight you know sort of sarcastically asked for an eight by ten for her mantelpiece and rebecca <laughs> turns around and suggests a two by four for her bridge work yes <laughs> yes she can, you know, slice in a comeback even in the oh, middle yeah. of her own neuroses over the mm-hmm. photo. Absolutely. So Rebecca asks the photographer to do a reshoot. She mm-hmm. wants it to look more natural and spontaneous, she says. So her version of that is to whip around a very cheesy pose, a very big plastered grin on there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look terrible, but it looks very uh, manufactured. The photographer suggests that she try thinking of something ridiculous and points to Sam. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, of course, makes her laugh, producing a more more natural and spontaneous grin, you might say. Yep. So she gets her photograph, and Sam gets put down a little bit. Anything so far to put in with that? No, I think you covered it. I thought it was, again, like kind of good Sam and Rebecca teasing, and you know, a little bit of her being neurotic about having the picture for this professional you know, shot that they're taking of her as a, mm-hmm. a as a woman running a bar and so forth. So it's a good start to the episode. It kind of comes back in a little bit of a funny way. I mean, it's, in a way, it's a little bit filler, but it's 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 fun. It's character good yeah, character fun. Exactly. It's character fun. It does. We, we'll revisit here in a little bit. So this is kind of part, not part one, but one of the plots that we'll thread throughout. Mm. So our main one, you might argue, uh, involves Cliff. And so Cliff enters in, and you can kind of tell he's looking around, starts uh, pontificating on the bar, you know, how many times he's sat on this stool and, you know, done all these different things. And uh, so this, of course, produce, uh, provokes uh, Norm to ask kind of what's going on, and Cliff reveals that he's going in for surgery tomorrow uh, and says it's all up to the man upstairs. Mm-hmm. And Woody uh, asks if he's referring to the maitre d' at Melville's. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Sam attempts to kind of explain it, but decides that it's his time's better used elsewhere. Yeah, right. So, so it turns out that Cliff has been having some abdominal pain, and it is appendicitis. And when he mentions that it is appendicitis, everyone is kind of, you know, backs off, kind of breathes a sigh of relief. Uh, Norm tries to assure him that, you know, that's nothing. He had an appendectomy as a child. Uh, Woody says that he liked having his appendix taken out because he was given lots of ice cream when that mm-hmm. happened. Um, whether he did, in fact, have an appendectomy or whether he had his tonsils taken out remains to be seen. Sam thinks that Woody might be thinking of having his tonsils taken out, which, of course, he misunderstands to say, no, I think it was ice cream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sam tells him it was tonsils. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure it was ice cream. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Plot two, kind of introduced there with, with yeah. Cliff's uh, incoming, um, upcoming surgery, rather. And All I right, would, and then I, we... I was going to add yeah. as well, I, I use the word pontificating in my notes on that <laughs> section as well. I know, right? <laughs> it just sums up perfectly what was going on with him. Uh, yeah. Just kind of starts going off, very dramatic, and, you know, you could just tell he's kind of fishing for something, for some which attention. is exactly his, mm-hmm. his normal mode of being. So Frazier and Lilith enter. And we find out that they are going on a road trip. 
uh, a cross-country road trip, I believe they say. Mm-hmm. And I want to <laughs> highlight this exchange here because I just think with these characters, it's, it's so great. So Lilith says that they're going to, something like, we're going to go see the USA in our Chevrolet. Yeah. And uh, obviously referencing, you know, a commercial kind of thing of, of the time. And Frazier reminds her that it's actually a Mercedes, which prompts her to say that this was a joke that she made. And he says, I forget I married to a madcap. (laughs) He fails to completely recognize that she's making a joke about a popular, you know, slogan or commercial or whatever. Yeah. And she delivers it in, I wouldn't say necessarily rehearsed, but almost like she was like, I can say this now and this is going to be funny. Right, right. She set it all up and then he completely missed it. And she, Mm. yeah. So um, Cliff then rather rudely uh, interjects that no one is interested in hearing about their road trip because they are talking about his surgery ordeal going on. Uh, And that whole line right there, you know, I mean, that's classic Cliff, but he's just like so perturbed at having the attention momentarily stolen away from him. It's and it's just very that line's very off putting, at least to me, kind Mm -hmm. of jarring in a way. But, you know, then again, it's Cliff, I guess. Yeah, I think that it's pretty in keeping with his character in that sort of situation but it it is Mm -hmm. off-putting yeah it sets up the whole theme throughout that that he's not the most popular guy at the bar because he is kind of obnoxious a lot Mm -hmm. of the time which we see perfectly illustrated right and he doesn't know how to get like positive attention very well i think it's a big thing (laughs) exactly which is another it's another thing that comes up in some of his remarks later i think Mm -hmm. however Everyone is much more interested in hearing about this road trip. And uh, I think uh, Carla, I think, asked if they're going to see the Grand Canyon. And everyone's got, Woody mentions going to Florida. And everyone's mm-hmm. just immediately drawn to to where they're going. And they're starting to pour over a, a map. So in the, the, the roads they're going to take and everything. A flurry of activity is prompted by that. Any specific lines in there that you made note of? I just liked everyone's enthusiasm. I think some of it was in response to what Cliff said to them. So they all kind of move away. But I think that they were mm-hmm. genuinely interested because it is interesting if somebody goes on a driving trip, you know, and we don't think of Fraser and Lilith as people that would necessarily regularly take off on a road trip. So I think that that added to the appeal of it. And uh, what I remember, aside from the ones you mentioned, was like when Woody said the thing like, about Florida, he mentioned going to an alligator farm outside Tallahassee, like a particular alligator farm outside Tallahassee, and telling the proprietor that Woody said, hey, hey, or something yeah. like that. So exactly. they all have some particular thing that they think Fraser and Lilith should see on this trip. Mm-hmm. And just, I think the enthusiasm over that is genuine. Like that's something that you would come in a bar and share and people would be genuinely interested in what you're doing. Exactly. You know. Yeah. One thing, and I'm sure I will repeat this throughout the episode. One reason I really like this episode is that so much of it does happen in the bar and so mm. much of it involves everyone interacting with everybody. Yeah. You just have so many things to choose from in this episode. I really like that. Mm-hmm. Lilith breaks away from this activity and approaches Sam and says that since they're going to be doing, you know, thousands of miles driving and everything, she wants to help out with the driving. And the problem with that is she has never operated a motorized vehicle, she tells Sam. <laughs> And uh, she says as a, as a teenager, she was just too busy having fun to learn to drive, which we can certainly see. Of so, course. Well, know. given her madcap joke just a couple moments ago, <sighs> it's be evident. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Imagine what she was like as a teenager. Right. Uh, so she asks Sam to teach her to drive. 
and uh, he, you know, wonders maybe Frasier would be more appropriate. And she says that, you know, it would be better because she has no emotional attachment whatsoever to Sam. Mm-hmm. And so would he do this as a friend? <laughs> I love that. And of course, she's deadpanning this the whole time, you know, yeah. doesn't mean a thing by it, but just sharing the, you know, she's too close to Frasier and apparently has no emotional feelings whatsoever for Sam. And so he'd be perfect to teach her how to drive. Right. But regards him as a friend. So I think that that was kind of interesting, too. Mm -hmm. We are going to see what will happen with that. Cliff is about ready to depart the bar, says that he's going under the knife in about 12 hours. Can I add one more thing? I'm sorry to interrupt you. To the looks. I just I really I do like that scene with Sam and Lilith and the part when she asks him as a friend to whom she has no emotional attachment reminds me of when she asked Rebecca to be her maid of honor at her wedding. Yeah. (laughs) Isn't that usually your best friend? Which is just like Sam saying, what about Frasier? And when she says to Rebecca, like, you are my best friend. <laughs> you know? So I just, I like that connection. I just think it was, it was funny. It's a, yes. I think it's a, a, I think it's a fun rapport that Lilith and Sam have as well. Oh, yeah. I think I, I'll, I'll say this again, probably at the end, but I think Lilith for me is probably the MVP of this episode. Oh, interesting. I, I really like her in this episode. I just, I think they, I like how they, use her character and, mm-hmm. and everything so okay um so cliff's gonna you know be going re- getting ready for surgery and uh, does the usual you know i don't feel any pressure to come visit me at, and he name drops the hospital the, mm-hmm. the visiting hour you know information and everything this kind of prompts a little exchange between fraser and cliff about um i, I guess how far medicine how far uh, what you might call surgical technique has come you know uh, right fraser references how um back in the day anyone that they i can't remember the exact wording he used but anyone that was any a little bit different from the societal norm mm-hmm. would uh, a barber would drill a hole in their head to let out evil spirits Right. (laughs) And basically suggests that, you know, surgery has and medicine has come quite a way since then. Uh, And Carla passing by directs this remark. And what I think is interesting is this this remark could be addressed to either Cliff or Frazier. I'm sure she's talking to Mm Frazier, but I think it could apply to either of them. Right. Uh, says something like you'd be looking you'd be looking like a wiffle ball. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I agree with you. I didn't I thought it was addressed to Frazier, but it was. A little ambiguous it could have been mm-hmm. to either and then i noticed too that fraser at first laughs and then he kind of shakes his head so maybe he wasn't quite sure as well <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah i really like that that whole bit though with them just because it's it's the kind of the trivial nature you know it, it, cliff right. loves the inane trivia and and fraser does too in some respects yeah that's true so i like that about them Mm-hmm. So sometime later, we're back in the bar, and Hugh and Norm appear to be in the midst of a rather heated debate. Hugh says that he's leaving, and Norm asks, you know, who needs your kind around? Uh, and Rebecca interferes and kind of guides Hugh back to the bar and suggests that the bar is big enough for fans of both the Adams family and the Munsters. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I, I really like this because you can just see the passion with which they're arguing their points oh, yeah. about... Norm prefers the Munsters and Hugh the Adams family. Right. Right after that, then uh, another bar regular is this Pete? I think it's, is it the guy? I think Alan is the one that notices that Rebecca is in okay. the paper. Yes, I couldn't recall the name of, but yes, Alan it was. I think. Yeah. So, Pete comments about the photo in a second, but I think Alan sees it first. Okay. So he finds the article that Rebecca's picture was taken for. Uh, and the, the picture, the, at first we don't think there is a picture because it doesn't appear where the article is in the oh, paper. Right. 
And so they flip to the back of the paper, and there it is. She asks how it is. Everyone kind of says, ew. But uh, it turns out, turns out that Norm got cheese whiz on the paper. So it wasn't directed at her picture. <laughs> yeah. It was more at Norm. Um, Sam and others say that it's actually a good photo of her. She sees it and really likes the photo, too. Says something about, I look good, I look sexy. Mm-hmm. And Carla points out, says something like, and you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> So that's what she says, right? It's something like that. Yeah, you're also yeah. dead. Something like that. De- dead as a doornail, maybe she yes. uses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Carla points out the photo was actually mistakenly published in the obituary section next to someone else's name, apparently. Anything to, that I missed there? <laughs> no, I thought that that was, it was, you know, fun that they're all like, this is a great photo. And she's so pleased by it. And then, of course, it's like there's that one little thing that brings it down. It's still just not going to, you know, she's not going to win completely. No, not one. at all. Not at all. So right after this, uh, in comes a flower delivery and uh, points out that it's from corporate headquarters. Mm-hmm. And Rebecca starts to read the card and says, we mourn the loss of Rebecca Howe. <laughs> and something about how she is no longer in pain. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> A very specific kind of, uh, almost as though she had some sort of terminal illness as opposed to just some sort of freak accident happening. Right. Or it's like, what was the, was it psychological pain or what are they, you know, it's a very uncorporate thing exactly. to write. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly right. In this time, Norm and Hugh have struck up their argument with just, you know, renewed vigor uh, mm-hmm. about why, uh, let's see, we, we got Grandpa Munster never won an Emmy. Norm just can't understand why that didn't happen. Hugh says that it's because he was a ripoff of Uncle Fester from mm-hmm. the Adams family. <laughs> so question for you, Marlene, who do you prefer? I never watched the Munsters. I did watch the Adams Family when I was very young, so I would have mm. to give it to the Adams Family. And I don't know if the Adams Family, because I didn't see the Munsters, but I, I guess I had the impression that the Adams Family was a little bit darker and a little bit more wry humor, and the Munsters was more not slapstick. I don't know. I just like, had a different, it's sort of like a different humor level. And I think I would have, if that's true, I would have preferred the darker humor of the Adams Family. Mm. But I can't, you know. Do a fair comparison because I never sure. watched the monsters. Sure, I really haven't either watched much of them, but I feel like the Adams Family is one that has more cultural impact. Is still mm-hmm. referenced. They yeah. have a new, you know, they've done the the movie reboots or retoolings or whatever right. you want to call them, and then there's a new show out that's about oh, Wednesday really? Adams okay. on Netflix. I I and, so I feel like it's on. kind of lasted a little bit longer in terms mm-hmm. of being a cultural touchstone. But again, I know nothing more than that. Um, but anyway, in the midst of this argument about the difference, uh, which show is better, I should say, Frazier interjects, <laughs> he's rather worked up, that this argument is, uh, says, uh, one of these, one of the stupidest, I think he says, that he's ever heard at the bar. But Norm, you know, asks, like, why isn't it, you know, the single the most stupidest? stupidest. He's offended the stupidest, yes. Uh, Frazier says, well, it lacks meaningless statistics and inane historical trivia. And this, of course, prompts him to ask, where is Cliff at? (laughs) (laughs) He just kind of pauses. It just kind of dawns on him that, wait, someone is missing here. Right. Yeah, I like that. So it turns out that uh, no one has visited Cliff um, after the surgery. Norm says that he made it into the lobby, couldn't get any farther because the smell of alcohol makes him queasy, as we know. Uh, (laughs) As as he's gesturing for another beer pour. Mm-hmm. Like Frazier kind of points out the bar is now, since Cliff's mother's retired to Florida, the bar is his sole support group and that 
this could potentially result in deep emotional scarring, he says, for, yeah. for Cliff. But he himself, you know, says, well, I have a life. I can't, <laughs> I, I wasn't right. expected to visit him or anything. Carla throughout has just kind of referred repeatedly to, you know, made jokes about, about Cliff and everything. Why would we want to go see him? He's just had surgery. Say what we really feel about him. You know, she's just it's kind like, of getting all the zingers in. Yeah. Yeah. Like it would be cruel or whatever to tell him what we really feel when he's just yes. had surgery. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So visiting hours are over. Sam suggests that someone just go the next day, but Frazier can actually get in during his rounds because mm. he's due to go there, which I, I want to point out. I love that, you know, this is sometime probably in the evening, right? It has mm-hmm. to be in the, the evening time. He's drinking, but he's then just going to go do his psychiatric rounds like no big deal. I just right. <laughs> love how, you know, it's just. I think that happens more often than we might think, but it is, it oh, is probably. funny. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed too in this part that Sam is the one at the beginning to ask if any, like Fraser notices that Cliff is absent, but Sam is the one that asks if anyone's gone to see him. And then mm. he, you know, when they talk about getting a card and then what was it? Norm said they could date it yesterday and sign all their names to it. Yes. And it's Sam that asks if that's enough. So Sam is the one that seems to be sort of leading the pack and, it, it, you know, thinking they need to show some concern for him, which I think is true to Sam's character. Oh yeah. We've seen that before. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Frazier is going to do just that. So we now have a scene in the hospital. He enters the uh, hospital room and there's no Cliff. So he asks the nurse where Cliff is. The nurse says that he was just recently discharged. So Frazier has a line and I, I wrote this down. So he's frustrated, says, just my luck. I'm the one who drives across town to find a stupid card for the idiot Clavin and he isn't even here. And midway through this, Cliff has entered in the yeah. hospital room. So I got to say, I, this seems, this exchange seemed a bit off character, even for Frazier, just very mean spirited. What did you make of this whole bit? I don't think he would say that to Cliff's face. I think that that would be very mean spirited. No. Same it at all as mean spirited, but I could see Frazier going off on a rant on something, obviously not realizing that that person is there. Oh, sure. Like having meaner thoughts in his head than what he really feels or would express to somebody. Yeah, so I don't certainly think it's too far off. No. I just thought I the know. fact that he would think of him, I guess the, I guess it's I guess idiot the idiot yeah. Clavin. That's the the yeah. phrase that got me. The stupid right. card. I mean, sure, I get that, but yeah, yeah, the idiot Clavin that he might really feel that way about Cliff. I don't know. I just found that a little I don't know a little jarring. It is jarring. I think it is jarring, um, and I don't know that he really thinks that. I think it's just like Frazier is quick to frustrate. Mm-hmm. You know, in the moment, so, he just kind of yes. Yeah. So he may not really. I mean, I doubt he really feels that way completely. But it may just be his. He's just blowing off steam because he's quickly frustrated about like I did all of this and you know. Right. He's not that's even that's here, a fair whatever. point. Yeah, we definitely know he's quick to rage and frustration. Yeah, yes. Yeah, that's what I think too. So uh, right after Cliff's entered in and, and Fraser realizes that he hands him the card, says just a token of how much we care. Uh, <laughs> No. And you see Cliff smile when he sees that Frazier is there, and then he yeah. just kind of wilts. And I, that was—that's what it is. That was a little bit heartbreaking. I thought, even I, though Cliff is not the most popular character, um, I have some thoughts on that as we get to, like later on in the episode as well. But mm-hmm. I think that that's it too. I think it's how he like just very genuinely responds makes yeah. it seem like it's here's just the first person to come see him mm-hmm. late, obviously, but still. And then he walks in and he's referring to him as an idiot. You know that. Yeah, that was heartbreaking. Yeah. So um, 
Cliff's come back because he forgot his jacket, and Frazier try, uh, reads the card to him, and it's kind of a... I didn't write this down. I, I liked the card. It was very, <laughs> like, uh-huh. sorry you're ill, and then opens up, and just wait until you get the bill, the bill. kind of joke right. like that. Uh, Frazier refers to that zesty greeting card humor. <laughs> <laughs> and he's trying to perform it as well, I yeah. think, to get over the awkwardness of what he's just said. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So Cliff says that, you know, while he's been laying in the hospital bed recovering, he's been doing some soul searching. And he realizes that he is alone in this world. Frazier kind of says something like, you know, um, they wanted to come or something. And he points out that nobody really wanted to come. Uh, Everyone had visited Sam, Carla, and then Norm when they had had their respective hospital stays. Mm -hmm. Cliff says, they don't like me. They don't really care about me. Things like that. Anything yeah. to put in here? I know there's a lot that he says. So Frazier's just kind of that usual excuse that people use. It's like, you know, they didn't have enough time or they're busy right. and all of this. Right. And Cliff says, they, like you said, they found time to visit Sam and then Carla. Sam when he was in the hospital. And I would assume they're referring to the episode when he had the hernia. That's, That's the only I time think. I can think. Okay. And yeah. then Carla when she had the twins and we saw that. And then he adds in like Normie when he went in for the butt tuck. <laughs> Which we weren't really familiar with. So I like that little comedy inclusion in there, too. I like right. the way that they sort of sprinkled in that humor in the mm-hmm. midst of, it really is kind of a heartfelt scene, but they put in a lot of a lot of fun bits, too. Frazier acknowledges that Cliff isn't the most popular guy at Cheers. And Cliff's kind of wondering, you know, he's been, again, doing that soul search and kind of wonders if it's the fact that his comments are so insensitive and that might be part of the reason why he's you know he's obnoxious he's not liked very well at the bar he sits down on the adjoining hospital bed where there's a patient in there kind of sits mm-hmm. right on top of the it's patient old man yeah. yeah an old man that's right yeah yeah um so Frazier and cliff kind of have some back and forth Frazier suggests that maybe you know therapy might be something for some behavior modification he can kind of learn Mm-hmm. Maybe what it is about his personality and everything. And he kind of says in jest that, I don't remember the exact words, but a little electroshock, you know, might might be an option. But he's clearly joking. He's, he doesn't believe that that would be something that could be done, yeah. right? Well, I think he says that, because Cliff says he doesn't have time. Like, Cliff wants an immediate solution. And then yeah. Frazier, it's kind of, yeah, it is a little bit off the handle, but he says something about how this isn't, like, having electroshock therapy to stop smoking or something like that. Right, It's some exactly. sort of just a, you know addictive problem or whatever right so cliff really is intrigued by that by that sort of solution i think it sounds like it looks like the wheels in his head are turning like that might be a quick thing he could do to just improve himself and then everybody's mm-hmm. gonna like him it's the way that i took it yeah and and with that fraser kind of yeah cliff's very interested in that but fraser points out you know electroshock isn't going to cure a major personality problem i think is the phrase that he yeah. uses about cliff, yeah or something so. about the personality yeah. right but of course you know the seed has been planted in Cliff's mind. So, before we go on, anything else from that scene that we need to cover? Oh, just the ending part when Fraser says, I think it's interesting. Fraser says that he might be overstating the problem, and that maybe what Cliff needs is old-fashioned politeness. Because usually Fraser wants to concoct a very big um, psychological theory, right. <laughs> you know, out of anything that's going on with anyone because of his career. I think it's his natural interest. So, so just Fraser, the person sort of setting his career aside said, maybe you just need some old fashioned politeness and it's not as big a problem and that he doesn't need to take desperate measures. And then that's when they have the, the bit from the old man that kind of half sits up in the bed and says, Oh yes, he does. Yeah. <laughs> right. I really like that part. Yeah. At the end of there. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so we are back in the bar. The next day, we're not entirely sure. Um, no one has heard from Cliff, and he has not returned to the bar. Mm-hmm. Norm shares that he's left messages, um, and we, we learn that his voicemail, I guess you would, would call it, is sung to the tune of... Oh, Valare. Valare. Yeah, yeah. Frazier, you know, says that everyone needs to just give him a real warm welcome when he returns, show how much we've missed him and our feelings for him and everything. Carla says that all she can sit, promise is she won't treat him like he's a bug. Right. So, and that's which, fine for Carla to have that sentiment, you know, and to be caustic toward Cliff. But the reverse mm-hmm. is not true. I think that's another interesting thing mm-hmm. to discuss. But yeah, Absolutely. she's not going to treat him like a bug. That's right. So uh, in comes Lilith, and Lilith has just returned from a driving lesson with Sam. She is decked out with aviator sunglasses, black gloves. She's got her hair down. Uh, she. Mm-hmm really likes driving she tells Frazier she she says it's it's uh, total control of woman over machine says she was jazzed <laughs> yeah. yeah so we are uh, we are led to think that this lesson went very Done well well yeah I yeah, love that she, can I say I love that she's wearing driving gloves I've always sort of found that I know. interesting and I really like that <laughs> she of all people is wearing driving gloves from her lesson yes she looks like she just got off the back of a motorcycle Kind of, yeah. yeah. So Sam enters, and he's kind of holding a, a handkerchief or something to his nose, mm-hmm. implying he had a nosebleed of some sort. And he immediately goes off and says to Lilith, you are, you're insane, you're a maniac, you're certifiable, <laughs> just going yep. on and on. We learn that a lot of things have happened on their driving lesson, as it turns out. Lilith was cut off by a semi-driver, an 18-wheeler. She flipped him the bird, is the gesture we're believed, to, um, to, <laughs> to, she, that she gave the driver because he cut her off. She ran him off the road and got into a physical altercation with him. Uh, and that was uh, Sam ended up getting punched. Uh, by the semi-driver and he says that Lilith was like jabbing her finger in the folds of his neck and yeah <laughs> there was a lot going on at this driver uh, this driving lesson anything uh, there's a closing line I want to cover but anything else to include here what do you like about this scene is it a closing line of Sam's well Sam you know yeah okay. I, I just he's like you're, you're by far I didn't write this okay. down so that's okay did, I was gonna say something before I didn't want to cover that all right I have something to say about that after you go over it but the one thing with Lilith that when she talks, when she is talking about how Sam, you know, she thought Sam could handle this other driver. And he said, I tried to. And she says, oh, yes, that vicious headbutt to the fists in him reeling. Yes. <laughs> I love yes. that line. And I think I remember that from, that's one of those cheers lines I remember from like way back when this was first on. Just because oh, yeah. It's so funny and sarcastic. That was a great line. Right. <laughs> Sam's just, you know, you are by far the worst driver. You're you menace to the menace yeah. to society, just going on and on about it. <laughs> yeah. Lilith, after he's done and leaves the room, Lilith assures Frazier, I was fine. Fine. That's literally <laughs> I was fine. fine. Yeah. <laughs> I had a couple of things about that. So first mm-hmm. of all, it's you know, Sam is a cautious person, I think. I think that's really interesting about him. But he's obviously more cautious driving than Lilith. I mean, it sounds like she is maniacal to some degree, <laughs> you know, but that he is sort of like cautious and follows the rules of the road and doesn't get into altercations with people. I mean, that is pretty true, I think, in a, mm-hmm. many aspects of his character. And then the other thing was like this whole rant that he has going on the whole time and particularly at the end when he's saying like, you are by far, you know, the most maniacal or whatever it is really reminds me of the end of the first season when he's in the office and that scene with Diane, he's like, you are by far the nuttiest, the most yes. certifiable, like all of that. 
you know, vitriol, that whole rant sounded very similar to me. So I thought that that was kind of a good, that's not a callback. I don't think we're supposed to be reminded of that, but I like that that's kind of like when he's just super, super frustrated. Oh yeah. That's his style. Yeah. And he's just prone to using those adjectives and just, you know, I love how fiery and angry he is here. I really do. I just think it's, I think it's hysterical. The other thing too, and this is going to be a bit of a, you know, sort of tangential, I think, is that he doesn't make any kind of comments about it being because she's a woman necessarily. I mean, the entire thing about like, she thought he could handle it. Like, obviously there's some sort of, you know, because he's the, I would say because he's the man and he's going to interact with this other person, but he's not talking about how she's a bad driver because she's a woman or any of these things that you might think that. Sam given some of his comments like all of his comments about women are usually sex related but they're not about how women can't drive or this or that so I think that's just that's another interesting thing that's not in it I think yeah that's a great point yeah so like I said it's not necessarily something in the episode but it's like a noticeable absence that for all of his ranting that's not on his mind Right. We have a, a very rare um, exterior shot here of the of the stairway down below the street to the entrance of Cheers. Cliff and this doctor. We don't really get a proper introduction. We don't. I don't think we even get a name for this guy. But it's basically we're led to believe a doctor, a therapist of some mm-hmm. sort, possibly. Uh, they're at the entrance to Cheers, and um, Cliff has an an electrode what would you call this he's basically got something on his person underneath his clothes it sounds like electric contacts like electric you know contacts for some sort of you know shock of some level it sends an electric jolt or shock through him anytime that cliff will say something obnoxious the doctor has this little buzzer tool and will will buzz and so it's it's aversion therapy as we as we learn as he says later so so they're going to go in, and um, true to what Fraser had suggested, every, you know, everyone's kind of like, okay, here he comes, let's build up this welcome and everything, show mm-hmm. our, our appreciation for him, all that. So Cliff comes in, everyone's kind of greeting him, and everyone's being friendly. They start to ask him about the surgery, but he tries to stay away from that because, again, he's being very weary of making obnoxious comments, and he says, you know, right. I don't want to bore you guys, I want to hear about everyone else's, kind of what's been going on with everybody else while he was gone. Mm-hmm. Woody mentions that Sam gave Dr. Stern in driving lessons. <laughs> and this immediately clues, uh, cues Cliff to say that he should be giving her personality lessons. Yeah. <laughs> He's really like, he just like can't control himself. He couldn't help that one. So then, of course, he has an electric shock, kind of bends over at the at the waist, kind of. And it's like, it was like, it makes a noise, like, uh, you know. Yeah, yes, exactly. So everyone's kind of looking at him. One thing I do like throughout this this bit is there's kind of these conspiratorial glances and nods between Cliff and the the guy that yeah, he brought in, yeah. kind of looking back, and the doctor's like, you know, just nodding mm-hmm. back and forth. I really like that. Yeah. And everyone else is just watching completely clueless as to what's going on with him. Yeah. I, I like, too, of that, that Cliff, after that part with when he says this comment about Lilith and gets shocked, he, he amends, but who among us is perfect? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Trying to get back on the right, the right, foot. right. Yeah. So there's a lot of exchanges here, um, and you know it's impossible to write down all the lines. So what stands out as as quotable or anything with this whole this kind of ending scene here? Well, a couple of them that I really liked were, were um, well. The first is Sam asks when Cliff is getting back to the route. So they're trying to pay attention to the things that are important to Cliff, like you said. Mm-hmm. And Cliff says the doctor said an ordinary guy would take three weeks, but with his incredible physical stamina, and then he does that same like shock response. Yes. And, like, oh, yeah. and doubles over. <laughs> and he's like, and then says three weeks. <laughs> yeah. 
And they, they, I think it's at this point they notice that something's going on with him, and he blames it on stitches. And then the second whole part that I like was the Sam asks, like they have, says they, he asks him, says they were debating and asked Cliff, who came up with that great post office phrase about rain, sleet, and dark of night. Mm-hmm. And then Cliff goes over, excuses himself to go and talk to the doctor. <laughs> right, and he kind of picks up the phone and acts like he's yeah, talking. Yeah, he's, he's talking to somebody yeah. else. And doesn't he say like they did ask? The yeah. doctor tells him to keep it short, I think. Mm-hmm. And then Cliff, he starts out okay, and then he goes into how a lot of ancient wonders are postal related, and then how I think it was like the pyramids were post offices, and, and then he gets the Sphinx was a late night drop off, and then he gets yeah. like another jolt because it's just like way you know, right. way too far off the beam. Yeah. So yeah. I really thought those two were were the funny ones, the funniest ones that they came up with. Yeah, and I like too when he talks into it. Yeah, he's talking into the phone. He says, well, "Aren't you getting a little a little trigger happy there?" I think he says to the doctor mm-hmm. about it. I love it. Um, and then so Rebecca comes from the back room and says, "Yeah, welcome back, Cliff, and everything." And then, and then he gets an electric shock, and the doctor says, "I'm sorry, that was a thumb spasm." Thumb spasm because he he's looking at Rebecca. That was good. <laughs> That's great. That was really funny. I like that too because that was kind of a nice, you know, a little compliment to her after the whole insulting photo in the obituaries part mm-hmm. so yeah yep. so throughout this basically his comments you know eventually he can't he's not really helping himself at all and the doctor and he and the doctor are kind of getting into it right he's kind of ticked the doctor off so the doctor's just pressing that buzzer over and over mm-hmm. so we have a lot of physical comedy what did right. you think of this aspect because i feel like you know we get physical comedy certainly throughout the show but it's right. not always this overt what did you think of it I in general, well, so I in general do not love overt physical comedy. Like once in a while, I like it, but it's usually not just the physical comedy. You know that I, if there's something else usually to it that makes me like it. So this was too much. Like I thought it was too much. Hmm. I thought the part of the bar when he's getting little jolts, he did really well, and that was a good level of physical comedy. But then when he starts to get angry and the doctor starts shocking him, and then they're wrestling on the ground, all of that, and then he's just shaking. And doesn't he then like? hold the trigger himself and it's like see how you like it and of course the electrodes are on him so yeah that's just yeah all of that from that point on in terms of like the shock part i didn't yeah think too highly of it i guess i can see that i mean it didn't it didn't really bother me personally but yeah. i i i also really liked everyone's reaction just like sitting around watching this that kind of thing i unfold. Liked. i thought that was yeah. just really well done yeah Basically, the doctor ends up storming out after you said they, they're kind of wrestling on the ground. He storms out and reminds him, we have a deposit on that unit and everything. Yeah. Cliff has to cop to the fact that, you know, he decided to pursue this form of aversion therapy mm-hmm. when he realized, you know, nobody came to see him in the hospital and he understood kind of why. And he realized that it was because he wasn't well liked. He was obnoxious and thought that this would kind of help him amend his ways and be more well liked at the bar. Yeah. I like to, I think, or I think it's funny that at first he tries to pretend that there's just been nothing out of the ordinary going on. Right. And Sam is like, what's going on? You know, he's <laughs> like, <laughs> what do you mean? You know, and then I think it is, I think he's an interesting character in this episode because he is obnoxious, but at the same time, this admission that he thought he could make himself a different person and things like that are poignant. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So he ends up leaving but, you know, they're all kind of talking about how it felt very final that, you mm. know, kind of like the words he used and how he sounded and everything. Um, Norm kind of says, oh, he'll be back, you know, and 
we find out Cliff's just outside the door because they're kind of talking about, you know, who's going to go after him, yeah. basically try to bring him back. And, right. and Cliff and opens e- the door. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, like, even Carla, I mean, you could see she's almost rolling her eyes and she's reluctant, but even Carla thinks that they should get him back, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I like that. So he opens the door and says, I, I really like it because it sounds like a small child. Like, it, I mm-hmm. want Norm, <laughs> you know? <laughs> All right. So Sam's like, you know, I think you're up, big guy. And yeah. And Norm kind of waddles out of there and brings him back into the door and everything. Yeah, so. I I like that too. I like that Sam's kind of like has a good humor about it, and he's like, "Well, you said like it looks like you're up, big guy." And yeah. Norm's like, "I I'll have to see if I can go catch him, huh?" You know? <laughs> exactly. It's just like I like that. There's just Great kind of lines. like a, a gentle camaraderie in that part. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So yeah, so Norm pulls Cliff back in, and everybody kind of gathers around him, and they're apologizing, and he keeps asking for more, and they keep coming up with other things to apologize for. And then Cliff admits that he could change a couple of things about his personality. And then he orders champagne for everyone, and then kind of tells Sam on the the slide to make it the cheap stuff. Yes. And then the closing, the clincher, Mm -hmm. a cameo appearance by our beloved Al. Cliff has another electric, he kind of bends over, makes that grunting noise. He's been shocked again, yep. which we don't know what happened to the the electric buzzer or whatever you want to call it. So he thinks someone has it, you know, maybe Carla, somebody, and everyone's kind of looking around saying, we don't have it at all. And then we pan over to Al and he says, dance, mailman. Yeah. <laughs> and with that, the episode ends. Yeah. So what are some comments that you have on this episode? Well, on the fi- like, I, I like Al on the final part again with the physical comedy. I just don't find it to be his funniest moment. Cause it's kind of like okay, he got the shocker and shocked him or whatever. But I guess that that's a as good a way as any to end it. I suppose I don't know what else they would have done to have it buttoned like that. Right. I think there's a lot about the episode to like. There's a lot of interesting character personality stuff, you know, which mm-hmm. I always enjoy. Again, like I would just say, like I don't love the overt physical humor with the shocks. So those are the two things I think. Like you have like the, you know, the humor across the board and the personality aspects I like. The physical humor I don't quite care for. I think it's strong as a Cliff episode because some of his episodes tend to not be my favorites. Mm-hmm. But in this one, I think you see like the obnoxiousness, but the vulnerability, you know, and the yeah. even people that are sometimes unappealing need friends. Like he's not a bad person. He just has these really unappealing aspects of his personality and because he like and Frazier you know saying you're not the most popular person in the bar he's not I mean he's kind of unpopular in some ways but he still belongs so you know he still needs that kind of care and attention but I think that's interesting to have a character like that you know to build a story around Cliff in that way so that yeah that's what I would say about that I think it's a good story about Cliff and his his part in the bar and that he really does belong there even though he just drives everybody crazy with his, his sometimes unappealing personality mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's a lot of acceptance obviously in cheers i mean there's that and forgiveness and so forth and i think that you know once in a while when you see some sort of intolerance it really stands out and it's just because that's i think people are fallible um sure. and they you know they have like this lesson they learn at the end and all of that but it's just done in a character-based way so i I found that very appealing i would say this is one of the stronger cliff-centered episodes i really Mm -hmm. would um and it is cliff-centered i i i don't i don't 
think that you can really argue that it's not the main plot, but right. there's so much else going on that it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like they really spend an, a huge amount of time on it without it, you mm. know what I mean, without it being yeah. solely based on him. Because I really like how, you know, we have the silly argument about Adam's family versus the right. monsters. You have right, Rebecca's right. plot about her photo being in the obituary section you have uh Frazier and Lilith and Lilith's driving lesson you have a yeah. lot going on and one thing that I will say about this episode and that kind of goes back to our our feelings that I think we tried to ex- express as best we could at the start of season seven I don't think we could really quite put a great finger on exactly what it was but you know mm-hmm. the episodes kind of fell off to us right you know starting yeah, out the season so. especially coming off of a stellar season six but I feel like with this episode and a couple before, but I feel like they really are back in the routine of this being an ensemble show. Everyone has Mm -hmm. a part to play. Everything takes place mostly in the bar and everyone has something to do. And I really like that. And I feel like this episode exemplifies that because there's so much going on. There's so many great lines, great moments that you can pick from, you know, even if maybe you didn't respond to Cliff or whatever. So, but again, I do like how he's vulnerable. I like how he has a degree of insight and Mm -hmm. does something drastic for that acceptance. He wants to be accepted there because he likes the people there. He likes being there. Yeah. And he worries that he's not going to be accepted there, you know. And, yeah. and as as Frazier points out, you know, it that really is the so the sole social support for him. You mm-hmm. know, before it was his mother, she has gone to Florida. He's not probably well liked at the post office in terms of having great rapport with other people. So this mm-hmm. really is his his outlet and his his support. So I really liked how they kind of touched on that, made yeah, him vulnerable without it being too heavy handed. I think. Right. And then Lilith. I recognize that. Yeah. Exactly. Lilith, I, I just really liked her here. I like how, you know, the, she's kind of the button down version of herself here. And mm-hmm. uh, Sam just, you know, Sam, who usually is so cool, calm and collected, just completely flies off the handle about her driving ability. And, yeah. you know, she scared him. She really rattled him. You can oh, tell. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I just I like that that's what we got from her as a character. And yeah, there's just so much here. Um, that and that I she's think the really... wild one. And he's the one that's more like conservative in yeah. that regard. Exactly. <laughs> I thought that was good, too. Exactly. The physical comedy bits didn't I guess because we don't get a lot of it from Cliff, at mm-hmm. least that I can readily recall. I, I was kind of intrigued by it. Um, yeah, probably went on a little too long, but didn't bother me too much. Um, no, I don't. It wasn't. The, it was just. It wasn't that the story went on too long. It was just like the physicality of it. It's like I just it, it was very, find that very funny. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, there there was a lot of it. That that is very true. That was a lot of it. But some people do. So that's you know. Yeah. It's just not my thing. All right. So what would you assign? What star rating would you assign here? Well, I have one other thing that I thought of that I would like to mention and see, get your take on this. Because while watching this, it felt to me like the various stories either should have or they do have some sort of thematic connection. I think some of the ones that we see that have different stories going on, it's just, you know, to kind of cover the characters. But then once in a while, don't you get that sense that like there's something that's related, even if it's not necessarily like within the plot? And this Mm -hmm. one gave me that feeling. But I couldn't quite place my finger on it. The only thing in our discussion that I can come up with is that they're almost like thwarted efforts to improve oneself in a way. Or not even improve. Like Rebecca has this high hope that she's going to have this fabulous profile. And she's worried about the picture. And the picture turns out well. But then it turns out it's in the bitch of And then Lilith 
wants to you know learn how to drive to go on this trip and then it turns out she's this crazy terrible driver although she's not unhappy with it but mm -hmm. there's that and then of course you know cliff's story is a little more self-evident and trying to he kind of knows how he is and trying to improve himself so i don't know that that's really a solid connection but i think it's a sort of like natural way all of their stories go a little bit no it's well it's, it's definitely a theme like I said, yeah. you know, they're trying to change something about themselves, trying to learn something new, maybe, and it doesn't go according to plan. Yeah. 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 Very interesting. Yeah. I do like this one a lot. I think I'm stuck in three mode for the better episodes that we've seen this season, just because mm -hmm. to me, it's still not quite at that really elevated level of some of the things that we've seen in the past. So I don't sure. want to just like start giving fours just because it's I like it better than some of the other season seven stuff, you know, mm -hmm. like I don't want to be overly analytic, but it just didn't, it wasn't so thrilling that I would necessarily give it a four. So I would say just a solid three, you solid know, three. Good, we talked about good comedy, good characterization. I like the rapport in the bar, all of those things, mm -hmm. but yeah, so watchable, but not one that I saw as being like just higher level among mm -hmm. all of them. There is something about this episode i can't exactly name it right offhand mm -hmm. that does tip this for me into the four category um okay. i i think i just like how it all seems to work together well the stories are quite different i think but everyone has a part to play they thread throughout fairly well which i always like yes um just some great lines and some great character moments. I just found it overall very enjoyable. So I'm going to have to give this one a four. Okay. All right. Anything else on that? I think that's most of what I had to say. That will do it for us today. You can find us on Facebook, Norm, a Cheers podcast, and on Twitter at Cheers underscore Norm. You can listen to or download old and new episodes at the usual places, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, and Spotify. Leave us a like and comment and join in on our community there. Thanks so much for listening.